Welcome to your Tuesday edition of Transformation Radio. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart Lord, I need you, oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense, my righteousness Your grace is more Grace is found Is where you are Where you are Lord, I am free Holiness is Christ in me smoking 
and I got asked to leave. Um, spent four and a half months gone from this ministry and made a decision to come back in July. This is where my heart is. This is where your life will change, and you'll meet a brotherhood out here that's second to none anywhere I've ever been at all. The guys at the farm right now, man, they're strong. You guys are all strong. Keep it together. Strongest group of guys I think I've seen anywhere I've been. Um, the union is awesome. God's working miracles left and right, revealing himself to me through my brothers, through my brother Matt and the miracles he's performing in his family and in his life, which is awesome. It's just, just continually showing himself to me and revealing himself to me. And I want to say if I can go through this and keep doing this and lay things down, man, anybody has a shot at life for a second chance, even a third chance, man. I love all you guys with all my heart. can't wait to see you guys phase up. And my brother's in third phase. I can't wait to see you guys soon. And I love you guys. Have a nice day. And now we focus our attention on the narrative of the New Testament. Our reading today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. As we begin reading in this book for the first time, we'll read verses 1 through 17. Paul wrote some strong words to the Corinthians in this letter, but he began on a positive note. He affirmed their privilege of being in God's family, the power God gave them to speak out for Him and understand His truth, and the presence of their spiritual gifts. When we must correct others, it helps to begin by affirming what God has already accomplished in them. Paul guaranteed the Corinthian believers that God would count them free from sin that is blameless when Christ returns. This guarantee was not because of their great gifts or performance, but because of what Jesus Christ accomplished through His death and resurrection. You see, all who obey God's Word will be considered free from sin when Jesus Christ returns. If you have faith in Christ, even if it's weak, you are and will be saved. We'll read about Paul founding the church in Corinth on his second missionary journey. After he left, about 18 months later, the people began arguing and some divisions arose, and some slipped back into uh, the immoral lifestyles prevalent in the city. Paul wrote this letter to recommend that immediate corrective action be taken to clear up their confusion about right and wrong, and to remove the immorality among them. Corinthians had a reputation for jumping from fad to fad. Paul wanted to keep Christianity from degenerating into just another fad. Now by saying, brethren, as we shall read, Paul was speaking to all believers, male and female. All Christians are part of God's family and share a unity that runs even deeper than that of blood brothers and sisters. The Corinthians arguing had divided Christ, a graphic picture of what happens when the church, the body of Christ, is divided. With the many churches and styles of worship available today, we could get caught up in the same game of, you know, my preacher is better than yours and all that. Our allegiance must be to Christ and to the unity that he greatly desires. We'll read about some speakers are big on high-sounding words, or words that, you know, sound really good and smooth, but small on content. We hear a lot of that these days. Paul wanted to be big on content and practical help for his listeners. He wanted them to be impressed with his message, not just his style. The persuasive power is in the story, not the storyteller. 
Paul was not speaking against those who carefully prepare what they say, no, but against those who try to impress others only with their knowledge or speaking ability. All right, with that, let's begin today's reading now, here in the New Testament. August 4th, the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from our brother Sosthenes. I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you, now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him God has enriched your church in every way, with all your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for He is faithful to do what He says, and He has invited you into partnership with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. Some of you are saying, I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos, or I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. For now, no one can say they were baptized in my name. Oh, yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus, but I don't remember baptizing anyone else. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. And now we'll look into the book of Psalms. Today our reading comes from Psalm 27, verses 1 through 6. We'll see that fear is a dark shadow that envelops us and ultimately imprisons us within ourselves. Each of us has been a prisoner of fear at one time or another. Fear of rejection, misunderstanding uncertainty, sickness, even death. But we can conquer fear by using the bright, liberating light of the Lord who brings salvation. If we want to dispel the darkness of fear, let's remember with the psalmist that the Lord is my light and my salvation. We'll see that we often run to God when we experience difficulties, but David sought God's guiding presence every day. When troubles came his way, he was already in God's presence and prepared to handle any test. Believers can call to God for help at any time. But how short-sighted to call on God only when troubles come. Many of our problems could be avoided or handled far more easily by seeking God's help and direction beforehand. Psalm chapter 27, verses 1 through 6. A Psalm of David. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Proverbs 20, verses 20 and 21. If you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end.
Welcome to day 28 of Daring Faith Devotions. Today I want to talk about the promise, the purpose, the place, and the day for tithing. Let's start with this verse in Deuteronomy 14.23, where the Bible says, The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. Give God first place in whatever you want Him to bless. If you want God to bless your home, put him first in your home. If you want God to bless your business, put him first in your business. If you want God to bless your finances, put him first in your finances. The word tithe means 10%. And tithing is giving the first 10% of your income back to God. Now, here are four verses that explain the promise, the purpose, the place, and the day for tithing. First, here's the promise. It's from Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. The Bible says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income, and he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. So God promises that if you honor him with the first part of your income, he will bless you financially. Now, here's the purpose of tithing. It's Deuteronomy fourteen twenty three. I just read it a moment ago. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. You see, God doesn't need your money, but He wants what your money represents, your heart. 
and he wants you to trust him. Now, here's what the Bible says about the place of tithing. It's Malachi 3.10. Bring to the storehouse a full tenth of what you earn. Trust me. Test me in this, says the Lord All-Powerful. I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out all the blessings that you need. Now, the storehouse is the place where you worship God. Giving to a relief organization or to someone in need is charity, but it's not tithing. Tithing is an act of worship that is given in the place of worship. And now, the day for tithing. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, on every Lord's day, so that's Sunday, that's when we meet together for church, on every Lord's day, each of you should put aside something from what you have earned during the week and use it for this offering. So when are you supposed to tithe? You tithe on the day that you worship. And by giving God the first part of your income on the first day of the week, you are saying to him, Lord, you are number one in my life. And then watch how God blesses and uses you and honors his promise in your life. Let's pray together. Why don't you pray this way in your heart? Just say, Lord Jesus, I want to always put you first in my life. You put me first when you gave your life for me. So I want to put you first by living my life for you. I know you don't need my money, but you want what it represents, and that's my heart. So Lord, I'm going to take you at your word, and I'm going to faithfully tithe to my church as you have commanded. And I'm going to trust you to continue to bless my life and to meet my needs just as you promised. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If I had the pleasure of bringing out Christ, this is just how I would do it. It ain't got to be the way you do it. You might not think it's just right, but this is how I would do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible time after time. He hailed out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. No special effects, no camera tricks.
He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the Rose of Sharon, and some say he's the Prince of Peace. Get up on your feet, put your hands together, and show your love for the second coming of the one and only. God has been good.
stains and wipe away every stain Cause I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed You set me Thank you for listening to Transformation Radio.